What's up, Happy Lifers? Welcome to Happy Life Studios. Happy day after Palm Sunday. I'm going to show you how to operate in a spirit. This is Happy Life Studios. This message is for you. This message is for you. This message is singular to you. It's not for anybody else. It's not hard to get. It's not hard to get. It's not hard to understand. Hey, are you happy? Now that's a great question. Does the sun set high? Does the sun set high? Welcome to Happy Life Studios. I say that all the time. Like when people have birthdays, if I miss a birthday on Facebook, I, I'll just say "Happy Day After Birthday," right? <laughs> or, or um, sometimes even if I remember to hit their their birthday or, and celebrate with them, I'll still oftentimes the day after I'll text the person if I know them, or I'll Facebook them, or I'll call them on the phone. I'll say "Happy Day After Birthday," "Happy Day After Christmas," "Happy Day After Fourth of July." Um, I think we should celebrate the day after our holidays for a few reasons, okay? Number one, if the holiday is that good, why not double our efforts? I mean, if that person's special to me, I want to double my efforts. Christmas is so good when Christmas is over. You know, I know oftentimes a lot of people are like, man, I'm glad that's over, but I, I'm, I'm kind of only 364 more days to the next Christmas, right? So <laughs> I think if the holiday is that good that we should celebrate it another day. Secondly, I think we should celebrate the day after our holiday because you ever been on vacation and you come back from vacation and you are so wiped out, you just wish you had another vacation to recoup from the previous vacation, you know, you just need one more day to recover, to let your body catch up from such a great vacation. Well, that's why I think we should celebrate the day after too. We, you know, it's always good. Sometimes when you take a vacation and you come home and you have to work the next day, that's always a tough one. But if you can at least give yourself a day or two after, even when I used to do retreats as a, as a speaker or even as a youth pastor, I would do retreats and man, I didn't realize, I, I felt bad that I always felt so tired until I started taking other leaders with me who, you know, who work hard jobs and they're hard workers and, 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 but what they would come back and they would just say, man, it's taken me a week to recoup. And then I I didn't feel so bad that it would take me so long to recoup after speaking at a retreat or or uh, being the youth pastor and being in charge of the retreat because vacations or uh, uh, weekends away or weeks away can just tire you out and so a lot of my leaders they just started taking a day or two off after the retreat just to recoup so I think that's another reason why we should celebrate the day after a, a good holiday or birthday and uh, in this instance. I think the day after Palm Sunday, or we also call it the triumphal entry. If, if you want to look it up in the Bible, you can look it up. It's in Matthew chapter 21. Uh, it's also in Luke chapter 19 and John chapter 12. The reason why we need to celebrate and say happy day after Palm Sunday, because that's the day Jesus got down to business. I mean, he got down to business. I mean, right after he comes into Jerusalem on the back of a donkey, he went right into the temple and he started overthrowing all these tables. He made this big old nuisance. He just kicked some 
spiritual booty, man. And then he went on this mad teaching streak, man. He just started teaching all this crazy stuff. It's like he knew he had one week. Isn't it crazy that that Palm Sunday, you know, everyone is saying, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord and they're and they're 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 bragging about him. And then a week later the the Pharisees got those same people to say crucify Jesus, get rid of him, murder him, torture him, crucify him. So I think Jesus knew he had like a week. His time was short, so he went on a mad teaching streak. So happy day after Palm Sunday. Or should I call it High Five Sunday? Well, it's called Palm Sunday, right? That's what you do, high five. You you slap two palms together. <laughs> okay. All right. For those of you that know anything about Easter and Palm Sunday, I know it's not called Palm Sunday because of a high five, because of the palms of our hands. But stick with me just a few moments, and you'll see what I mean by maybe we should call it High Five Sunday. But what really happened there, there it's called Palm Sunday because of you know palm branches. So Jesus comes into Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives, and he tells his disciples to go find this, this colt that's never been ridden. And this is crazy. He just sends two of his disciples to go get this colt, and he tells them where it's going to be, right? And then he says, if anyone asks you, just tell them the master has need of him. And they got away with that. I mean, they found the colt. The untitus are taken away. The owner said, hey, what are you doing with, with my colt? You know, and they said, the master has need of him. And they let him take it. I mean, the thing Jesus did, he, he was just, he was crazy, man. He was crazy cool. I, I'm, I mean, so anyway, they bring this colt that had never been ridden before. And Jesus gets on his back and the colt allows him to ride him. And as he's coming into Jerusalem on the back of this, this colt, um, everyone is taking their jackets and they're laying it down in front of the colt. They're taking their cloaks and they're laying them down in front of the colt so that he can walk over on the coats. And they're saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. They're saying, this is a prophet. This is, this is the guy, man. We're, we're, we're bragging on him. We're, we're worshiping him. And, and, and other people would, would cut down palm branches and lay palm branches. And that's why we get Palm Sunday, right? They would lay the palm branches in front of him like, you're above worthy. You shouldn't even be walking on the ground. We should, we're giving you something else to walk on. And they're, and they're, could you imagine the people whose palm branches, palm trees those were? <laughs> like, what are you doing cutting down all my branches? But I bet they got in on it with it. I bet they were like, you cut them all down because they knew something was going on. All these people were showing up going, what's going on the pharisees especially the religious leaders of the day man they weren't pleased at all who is this jesus of nazareth he's a prophet a prophet on a donkey they weren't getting the attention this jesus was coming in who's this new teacher what are they talking about this prophet why are they doing all this and 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 yet the crowd was the whole city was in an uproar like who is this guy and they all got in on the action you know hosanna hosanna blessed is he who comes in the name of the lord hosanna i mean what does that even mean? I mean, sometimes we use such such big spiritual words and we say some stories so many times that that they kind of go in one ear and out the other. And that's why I like to read bunches of different translations. I mean, I don't just read one translation. I read a handful of translations and I have a few of my favorites that I like to go to every so often. But that word Hosanna, it means, yeah. That's what it means, right? It means yay, cheers, check this dude out. It means holla, right? Check out this guy who's coming in the name of the Lord. Check this guy out. What they were doing is they were bragging on him. They were bragging on Jesus saying, everybody look, 
Pay attention. I'm taking my cloak off and I'm laying it before him. Pay attention. I'm taking this palm branch and I'm laying it before him. I am not worthy for to be in his presence. This is the guy. And they just all bragged on him. I, I, to me, it, it tells me something. I mean, I, I think that we often think that Jesus doesn't need that. He's the son of God, right? You got God, the father, you got God, the son, you got God, the Holy Spirit. And God doesn't need to be bragged on. He doesn't need that. But if he didn't need that, then why did this even happen? The Bible says that, that he is a jealous God. He loves it when we brag on him. He wants us to brag on him. It's one of the reasons why we were created. It's what many people call praise. There's another fancy churchy word that just means to brag on, to make God look good, to make him sound good, to make people see his goodness. That's what praise is. It's not just singing a song. Praise is how we live our life. Praise is simply making God look good. And we can do that in a song and we can do it in our lifestyle. We can do it when the Bible says when we've done it under one of the least of these, we've done it unto him. When we compliment other people, we're making God look good. We're making God feel good. That's what praise is. And that's what we were meant to do. That's why we could also call Palm Sunday High Five Sunday. Because that's what they were doing. They were high-fiving God, if you understand what I mean. And I think that sometimes we have a problem with high-fiving God, but I don't think we should. I think that's natural. I think it's normal. I think that's why God told his disciples in John fifteen fifteen, hey, I'm no longer calling you servants. I'm calling you friends now. I want to be more than your Lord, more than your boss, more than your master. I also want to be your friend. I am a good God. God is good, not some of the time, not part of the time, not most of the time. God is good, what? All the time. And all the time. Go ahead and say it. What? God is good, right? And I like this idea of seeing us high five him. I just thought we would do that for this. What better way to do a Palm Sunday podcast than for us, or maybe should I say Palm Monday podcast, right? But for us to brag on God a little bit. So I I sent out uh, uh, a plea to you happy lifers on our Facebook page. And the reason I have a happy life page is because I want to create a community of happy lifers. That's that's who we are. We're in this thing together. We're, We're not alone in this. And so I sent out a thing and said, hey, I want to do a podcast. Tell me what you like about Jesus. And I loved all the responses we got. You happy lifers were amazing. Uh, We got some very typical responses like Jesus heals and he delivers, right? We all know that Jesus heals. That's what God does. He heals us. He delivers us. Here's another one that we mention a lot of times. If you've ever gone to church, you've probably heard someone say this, but I love his peace in the midst of the storm. The storms we traverse in this life, he is always faithful to see us to the other side. Something I've heard a lot in church, right? And it's so true. I I like what what this person said. They said, he was brutally beaten so that I could have eternal life. And next week's podcast is going to be Happy Day After Easter podcast. And we often talk about, you know, if you ask children that go to church, you ask my kids, you ask just about anybody, why did Jesus die? They'll tell you so that we could be forgiven of our sins right? So we could have eternal life, but it's so much more than that. We don't have to just be forgiven of our sins. We don't have to just 
get eternal life and live forever up in heaven, it's so much more than that. You're going to love what else it is. I'm telling you, you're going to love it. So you want to make sure that you check out uh, next week's podcast. But this week, we're going to talk about bragging on God. And so they also had some very unique responses. One person said, you know, I said, what do you like about Jesus? He said, I like his dad, right? God, the father. I love that response. Okay. I like how the other, um, what, what the other happy lifer said, she said, I like the way he told stories. Even that we turn into this crazy formal word parables. We never use that word parable, but parable means stories. Jesus told stories. He told parables and he always had a point to them. That is what preaching is, right? But we've turned preaching into this oration, into this, you know, a system of how he did it. But you don't see Jesus doing that. You see Jesus sitting, looking at a field saying, hey, the kingdom of heaven is like that field, right? Jesus told stories. That's why they love them so much. So like, you don't teach like the other teachers, they would say to him, you're, you're different. We, we enjoy listening to you because he told stories. He saw heaven. He saw the kingdom of heaven. He saw his father in everything that he did everywhere. He went, he saw God and everything. And that's what we want to get to the point. We want to get to the point where we see God and everything. And we begin to tell parables too. We begin to tell stories and say, you know, the kingdom of heaven is like my computer. I have people sometimes challenge me and sometimes I challenge myself on that. What ways can you see God? And I can see God in just about anything. I'm not saying that thing is God, but I'm saying I can see an example of God in just about anything. And that's what he did. He told stories. One of you said what they liked about Jesus was the people he wanted to hang with. Did you know he loved to hang out in Bethany and Bethany meant house of misery. He hung out with people that were hurting, that were broken that were needing help because he heals and he delivers. So I love that. What they love about him is the people he chooses to hang out with. And then a bunch of you started putting down things like how he feels about us. One of you said you love Jesus because he wants to meet us right where we are. There's a song we always sing in church when I was growing up that says, you came from heaven to earth to show the way he came all the way from heaven all the way to earth and not just to earth he didn't just hang out in the clouds and say now you guys get a ladder and meet me up here he came all the way down to humanity so much in humanity he was born in a stable in the midst of cow manure and sheep manure it doesn't get more lowly and humble than being born in a stable right in a cow trough of course there's another form of word we like to use manger but it was it was a cow trough right he came all the way to the humble beginnings. And that's why a lot of people missed him because they didn't expect him to come down that way, but he comes all the way down to where we are at. One of you said, when we are feeling attacked and betrayed and just gross. Oh, I love the honesty of that. Cause there's many times that we do. I don't know about you. Maybe you don't, maybe just me and this other person here, but there's times we just feel gross. And they said, because of a circumstance. And then they finished it with, he is always there to comfort us. I love that. And oftentimes we feel gross. We feel that God thinks we're gross, but he doesn't. And if we would take the time to ask him and say, God, what do you think about me? I don't like me right now. If we would take a few moments to just quiet ourselves and stop putting words in his mouth and just go, well, I'm disappointed in me. So God must be disappointed with me. Take a few moments, even right now and pause this thing and say, God, what do you think? If you're feeling gross, God, what do you think about me? Because I don't like me right now. What do you think about me? And they said, he is always there to comfort us. And I agree completely, happy lifer. He is always there to comfort us. That's what he loves to do. He loves to comfort. 
He loves to, when we high five him, he loves to high five us back. He loves to hold us. He loves to whisper sweet little things in our ear, comfort us. That's, he's called the comforter, right? Oh, I love this person. They said, he allows me to be me and loves me unconditionally. In other words, he doesn't love me because I love him back. He loves me no matter how I treat him. He doesn't love us only if we're going to love him back because that's not love. Love is, I love you no matter how you're going to feel back about me. That's what God is. This person, they, they went on, they said, he allows me to be me and loves me unconditionally, even when I'm angry with him. Ah, I love that. Man, I tell you what, when I'm angry with God, I let him know. <laughs> I do. And that's what he wants from us. He knows what we're thinking anyway. If we were going to be fried, we'd be fried already. I should be fried so many times because of the anger that I've had towards God. And I've told him, but there's something about coming before him and tell him how you feel. Now he's able to take that and give back his peace and love in return of that. But if we hold on to that anger and say, I'm not angry and just ignore that and try to hold it in, it stays in there and he can't give us anything good in return. You know, the Bible tells us to be angry, but don't sin in our anger. Don't let the sun sin in our wrath. And, and if you've been hurt by God, tell him. So happy life or thanks for saying that. Even when I'm angry with him, he allows me to be me. Ah, I love that. I like what this person said. He is tolerant of my lack of faith. Hmm. This person said, he loves and accepts me just the way I am. He sees us and hears us. Several of you said, Jesus sees me. I love that. Not like he's spying on me. Not like he's waiting for me to mess up. No, he sees me. Because they went on to say, even though I feel small and insignificant. So one person said, when I feel gross. This person said, even when I feel small and insignificant, he sees me and says that I am significant to him. So there's a case in point of someone who was feeling insignificant. Asked God what he thought about them. And God told them that you are significant to me. One of you said, he listens to us. And then a happy life for my friend Krista from Camp Daniel. It's a camp for people with disabilities. She said the same thing. He listens to me. She said her whole whole quote was, Jesus loves me. He listens to me. First of all, I'm going to pause there for a second. He loves me, but he also listens to me. He listens to what I have to say to him. The God of the universe, the God who can hold the universe in the palm of his hand, the God who could destroy me just with a bad, he wakes up, has a bad day. He could just decide to get rid of me, but he, he doesn't. That God listens to me. So he sees me and he listens to me. Then she goes on and says, Jesus has a plan for my life. He's got a plan for us and his plan to give us a hope and to give us a future. Man, Krista, that was right on the mark. And then she says this, and I'm going to end all the bragging with this right here. Jesus is my friend. Jesus loves me. He listens to me. Jesus has a plan for my life. Jesus is my friend. And when I read that, I thought immediately of a song that I heard when I was just a teenager, a young adult, man. And I heard this song and I, it just made me weep the first time I heard it. We don't think about this. Jesus was worn out and he was tired and he's weary and yet he shows up and his disciples are bragging about, hey, who's going to be the most important in the kingdom of God? When when we go up to the kingdom, God, we're, we're your right hand guys, right? We're in on the beginning of this movement here. So who's going to be set at your right hand? 
And Jesus, in his moment of weariness, instead of having somebody wash his feet, which was custom back then, because you wore sandals, they didn't have shoes and socks, they wore sandals, right? Their feet were always dirty, they were always dusty, and you'd walk into somebody's home, it was customary for that person to grab a basin of water and to wash your feet for you and dry them off for you. That's just what they did back in the day. And here is Jesus, worn out, tired out, and he has to come in, and all of his disciples are deciding who, how important each one is going to be, and so he picks up the basin of water, and the, the God of the universe kneels down. Talk about coming from heaven to earth. Come and talk about coming to where we are at. He kneels down and gets as base as he can, as low as he can, and he begins to wash the feet of his disciples. And really, the person whose home he was at should have been washing their feet, should have been washing Jesus' feet. But whoever washed his feet, except for a woman by the name of Mary, who he delivered from a life of sin and and brokenness and and wounds and emotional wounds and talk about a person who didn't like themselves she was so moved that she took this this perfume that that she had probably been saving up most of her life for okay and she broke it over his feet and washed his feet with her tears she was so grateful and so thankful for what he had done for her and the people in that room were like saying if he knew who she was He wouldn't let her do that to him. If he knew the kind of person she was, the kind of sinner that she was, and Jesus knew what they were thinking, and he just shut them up, said, knock it off. That's about the only time that I can think of in the Bible where somebody washed Jesus' feet. That's why the first time I heard this song was so, it's called, Jesus, come lay your head on me. Jesus, come let me wash your feet. I know you must be weary as you walk the dusty road to Calvary. Grant me this privilege. Come let me wash your feet. five him that's what we're doing it's the same thing we're speaking life into him we're washing his feet from the dusty journey verse 2 says birds have nests the animals have a place to rest but you the son of god you have no place to rest your head and he didn't the bible says he had no place to to lay his head even the birds have a place to rest That's how Jesus knows about brokenness, and he knows about homelessness, and he knows about our wounds. He knows about us because he had no place to lay his head. So then the song goes on and says, well, you can lay your head on me. You can let me wash your feet. I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll say whatever you want me to say. And I'll be just whatever you want me to be. I'll be just whatever you want me to be. And when we give our life to God like that and say, God, 
And I encourage you just to say that right now. God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll be whoever you want me to be. If you'll help make me, if you'll help deliver me, if you will help me, you've got me. That's how we wash his feet today. That's how we brag about him. That's how we high five him. So when this podcast is done, I'm telling you, just high five God by bragging on him, by bragging on somebody else and let him know that you'll do whatever he wants you to do. You'll go wherever he wants you to go. You'll say whatever he he wants you to say. You'll do your best to do that. When you do that, it's high five Sunday. High five Monday, high five Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Let's make every day a a day that we high five God. And when I wake up in the morning, you want to talk about Palm Sunday, Palm Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. When I wake up in the morning, oftentimes I'll, I'll raise my hand up in the air to like fist bump him or to high five him. And I know God loves that. That's what washes his feet. So have your own Palm Sunday, your own Palm today. And let God know what you think about him. Just take a few moments and and thank him for who he is and what he's done. That he'd come to earth as a baby so that he could die a death. So that we could be free from sin. So that we could spend eternity in heaven. And so that we could, well, you got to listen next week. Because it goes even deeper than that. I think you're going to love it. It's something that just came to me last week when I was down in Southern California. And I am pretty excited to to share about it but happy day after palm sunday steve ace